This is a Hog Sports Network podcast. You're listening to The Game Changers, a podcast that highlights the success of female athletes across Northwest Arkansas and beyond. Here's your host, Ethan Westerman of the Hog Sports Network. Everyone, welcome into the Game Changers podcast. Today is Friday, October 20th, and to be quite frank with you all, I am exhausted. That is because I got back uh, late last night, or I should say the early morning hours today from Birmingham, Alabama. was down there for the SEC Women's Basketball Media Day. Um, I'm your host, Ethan Westerman. want to thank you for joining in. And like I said, I uh, was down there for Basketball Media Day, and that is actually going to be kind of the theme of this podcast today. Got to talk with Mike Neighbors down there about his team um, and how he's feeling about them. So that'll be coming up here in just a little bit. But like we always do, want to go over just some results from the week. Uh, I think we need to start with volleyball. They cracked the top 10 nationally this week, which is just really big for that program i mean the transformation they've gone under um under jason watson is just pretty remarkable um they are sitting alone atop the sec right now they're the only undefeated sec team at seven and zero. um but they are hitting a very very difficult stretch now um they have five consecutive matches away from barnhill arena uh starting tonight at tennessee um number 12 tennessee so um, that could that's a match that could go a long way in determining uh, the SEC regular season championship. Tennessee's second place right now to Arkansas, and then Arkansas will turn around on Sunday and play the third place team, Kentucky, um, who's six and one in conference. Um, that'll be at Kentucky on Sunday. So, a uh, really difficult stretch upcoming for the Razorbacks. It's going to be important for them to, um, you know. I think whenever you look at a stretch like this, you probably expect a loss in there. You don't expect them to keep on doing what they've been doing and winning 15 consecutive matches like they've done. But I think you do expect them to come out of that uh, stretch still in great position to get to host for the tournament. They're number seven in the NCAA RPI right now. And so um, that's a great spot to be in for those hosting odds. Uh, That would be big for this program, especially with just the year that they're having. It would be um, and they play so well at home. I mean, they almost knocked off number one Wisconsin at home in one match this year. So uh, kudos to them. They just keep on taking care of business. Pretty remarkable what they're doing. And then lastly, we're going to go over just soccer last night. They uh, played at LSU, and actually it was really important. They were able to salvage a draw. Um, they scored pretty late in that one to nod it at 1-1 one to one for the final Um, That's really important because they're winding down their SEC season. And if you're familiar with how they do the standings um, in the SEC in soccer, actually we talked about it last week on the um, podcast with Andrew Joseph who covers them. It's it's a point system. You get three points for a win, one point for a tie, zero for a loss. So the fact that they were just able to get points from that um, as this regular season winds down and they aim to win an SEC championship was huge. Um, They've got the two Mississippi schools uh, still left on the schedule. They'll get uh, Ole Miss, I believe, this Sunday. Yes, this Sunday at 2 o'clock at home. And then next Thursday, um, they got Mississippi State at 6.30. That's senior night for the Razorbacks. Well, on the other end of this break, I'll be sitting down with Mike Neighbors. Uh, You'll get to hear that conversation I had yesterday at SEC Women's Basketball Media Day. Hope you'll stick around. Stay on top of all Arkansas Razorback sports with a Digital Plus subscription on the Hogs Illustrated app. Get complete Razorbacks coverage in one location. Your subscription gives you 20-plus issues of Hogs Illustrated magazine, the most unique and compelling coverage anywhere in the state, plus total access to all the content on wholehogsports.com, including breaking news, commentaries, analysis, features, recruiting, award-winning photos, and premium message boards. Subscriptions start at just $17 per month. 
Join the Hog Sports Network team at subscribe.waco.com. That's subscribe.wehco.com. Or call 479-684-5509 to get your front row seat to Arkansas Razorback Sports. Go Hogs! So like I said, I'm joined by Mike Neighbors here at SEC Women's Basketball uh, Media Days. Um, Mike, thanks for taking a little bit of time yeah, to do this. you bet. Glad to. So uh, first of all, just how practice has been going um, in general, been doing them for how many, is this the third week? Yeah, 16 practices. Yeah. We've had 16 of our 30 that we're able to have. We've got a closed door scrimmage coming up on Saturday or Sunday. So uh, good. You know, and we count those 10 we had during the summer too. So we're a little bit ahead of where we've been because of those extra days during the summer. Uh, they've been going well. We definitely need to play somebody else. We're tired of playing against each other and starting to get to where we're tired of playing against our practice squad too. So it'd be good to play another opponent on Sunday. How was that? I mean, I think we've talked about it a little bit up to this point, but just that experience getting to play other teams overseas, um, how do you think that might pay dividends going into the year? I hope we've got more information to make some decisions on, you know, because we're going to have good depth and we're going to have a lot of competition for – who's starting and who's the first sub here and, you know, combinations we need to play together. So I think it'll be invaluable knowing that we were going to have depth for the first time. You know, it's the last thing you ever add uh, when you're building something is depth. So I think those days, the practices, as well as those three games over there uh, could prove in, invaluable to us from an informational standpoint. And I think that helps us get off to a good start. We need to. We've got a tough schedule right off the bat. So. Um, I, I'm glad we were able to for it to fall in this uh, timeline. So I'm sure whenever you're out there at practice, it's just great to see Sasha back out there. Yeah. Um, you know, what type of – I think you said in a recent press conference that you don't even know if you'll be able to come up with the right words to explain the value of her. But just, I guess, could you try? <laughs> yeah, I still haven't. I'll, I'll keep trying. But it, it's, it's just one of those things you kind of have to be there and sense it. It's kind of hard to define. It's hard to describe. Um, but I think if you go back and you look at our – some measurable things, okay, our, our strength and conditioning coach Tyler does a lot of really good stuff with those devices that we, that we wear. Everything's gone up a level. And, and again, it, it's not just Sasha. But Sasha won that almost every day she was out the year before. And without her, some of those numbers dipped a little bit. So there was this standard. Now, we, we've got some freshmen that came in. we got some newcomers. The veterans coming back are a year more into it. And I'm not going to put it all on Sasha, but it is noticeable. Like when she's going full speed, you don't have any choice but to go full speed. Yeah. Or she's going to blow by you every time. So um, I think we'll be able to measure it and, and sense it. Uh, you know, it's still every day is a little bit of a new day with, with everything with her still. It's not, um, it's not back to normal or anything like that. So, But just her presence, and I think she's inspired a lot of kids. Uh, in her outlook, you know, the way she approaches it. The, the, and the people, of course, that were here before that knew her. And that's only a few people, you know. Like, it's not – our other kids don't know her, but the other people, like Mac and Sam uh, and Jersey and Marion, who were around, uh, you know, those guys see it, and I, and I think it impacts them as well. So talking about um, Jersey and Miriam, you know, it seems like they've made – just in the off season from the practices we've seen and then even just – you know, based off of what we know from the Europe trip, just seem like they've made some strides. What do you think yeah. about where they're at? Well, that's that junior year maturity, you know. And, and when you when you come into the SEC freshman, uh, it's hard, uh, especially with the uh, stacking up of COVID kids. You got some grown women 
in this league that you're asked to guard. And you look back at who Jersey had to guard her freshman year, and you go, oh, my God, it's a WNBA Rookie of the Year and uh, pro after pro after pro. Uh, you know, Miriam coming in, coming off of injury is really hard. So I think they're starting to hit that stride, you know. And, and you can just look at them. I mean, I don't have to sit here and tell you. People can get on social media and look at the pictures of Jersey and see her transformation, uh, how she's gone about doing things. She's in a position now. We've played her around the basket. We've played her away from the basket. And this is the year she gets to kind of develop who she is. Everybody's always tried to compare her to people, and you just can't do that because there's not anybody that's grown like she has. She's finally stopped growing. It's probably been her, her least year of pain of just body. And then with Marion, I think it's confidence. You know, this is a kid who, who has it. The injury sets you back. I think now she feels confident in her knee. She's confident to try things. Um, she's a, such a soft voice, but she's got leadership in it. Um, so it's fun to see him. She's always been ready defensively, and the offense is coming along now. And I think you'll see a, a really, really big jump for people that haven't seen her since last year. I was listening to a head coach talk earlier uh, in the main media room here, and she was uh, talking about how their team has super veteran. It's 245 combined starts, and I was just thinking, you know, Michaela has half of I mean, Michaela's <laughs> yeah. got 122. She's already got half of those. I mean, what's yeah. it like to have her? Uh, I mean, you sleep better at night. You know that the locker room is going to be – as good as it can be. It, there's lots of challenges, obviously, with that. But you know you've got a kid that's been there. She knows not only what we do but why we do it. Uh, she's able to get out in front of things. And then she knows really good, does a really good job of knowing what needs to come to you know, coach's attention, uh, how to talk to newcomers, how to bring them along. You know, I've always said her greatest legacy in staying this fifth year is going to be how she leaves this program. You know, does she have Talia Scott ready to play when she's gone? Um, and she's taken that responsibility. Uh, you know, I've uh, put a lot on her, but she's uh, handled it great. Uh, but as far as day-to-day practice and day-to-day, uh, you know, not having to worry about things from a head coaching standpoint, because you know, know they're already going to be taken care of before you step on the practice floor, or if something happens on the practice floor, you know it's going to be taken care of before you go. they go to bed that night. So... That's when coaches talk about veteran leadership. It's usually something like that. But then the in-game experience, too, is, you know, you think of the people that she's guarded over the last four years and um, the ability to tell stories to even Sam. You know, still Sam going into her junior She's played a lot of games, but there's still things that, uh, you know, they work on together. So uh, I'm, I'm so thankful she st- decided to stay and play and, and, and leave these, this next group of kids with her knowledge. You know, I think that initially, whenever at least us reporters just were able to see how much depth the t- how much depth the team like appears to at least have this year, um, the first thought was kind of like, you know, how are these players that are used to playing yep. so many minutes? How are they going to adjust to that? But I think that was kind of you know uh, maybe the last time Mac and Sam talked to us, and they seemed like they're pretty relieved that they're not going <laughs> to have to have as much on them. But how have those conversations kind of worked to make sure everybody's fine with you know? You know, new minutes. Yeah, it, it, it's all perception, you know. Uh, but I think us pressing helps because yeah. they get tired a little faster, <laughs> you know, when they're having to extend 40, you know, 40, uh, the extra 45 feet, play 90 feet, uh, end line to end line. So that was part of the, the decision, knowing that we could play a little bit deeper uh, if we need to, uh, play a little bit harder, practice a little bit harder, all those things without fear of uh, having to come out. I mean, I, I've told you all there's been times – 
Mac tries to get my attention during a dead ball to ask to come out, and I just simply ignore her, you know, to, to a degree. Um, but now we've got options, and they have confidence in each other to, to come over and say, we've always had a standing rule. We've had it ever since I've been a head coach. If you take yourself out of a game, you can put yourself back in whenever you're ready. Just come ask me for who. Never really had a lot of people take me up on that. There's been a few, but I think we'll see it happen a lot this year. Like, hey, Coach, I'm tired, but I'll be ready to go here in about two minutes. So just tell me who. I think we'll see that little nugget enacted a lot more this year than ever before. So, um, And I, too, think the way that we've practiced, they understand that, especially the kids that have played 36 minutes, I think they feel better at 32. I think they feel stronger. I think they make more shots. I think they feel fresher. Uh, it allows us to practice 15 minutes a little bit longer. Uh, so we're able to get a little bit more execution practice and go a little bit deeper and work on the press and do a few more things. And, and I think hopefully all those pieces come together and, and make us hard to prepare for. We obviously have to do things a little bit different um, than some of the other teams in our league because of the pieces that they've either recruited or got out of the transfer portal. So I think we could get back to that identity of being that fast team uh, that everybody has to prepare for uh, and, and get back to where uh, depth can can be a benefit for us. And then you have three guards who, I mean, kind of, they're almost the same, like the same build, but then just bring such different things yeah. with, uh, we already talked about Sasha, but then you have Sailor and Jenna, I think might surprise some people. Um, yep. Just what do you think about those last two, especially just Sailor and Jenna, what maybe they bring? And, and so when you look at positions, you put Jersey in that little mix too. You got yeah. Sailor, Jenna, Jersey, uh, and then we had Emery, to have Emery as well. So those players right there are very, very versatile. Um, I, I think we can mix and match them. We put together some really cool lineups yesterday. It was the first time we actually tried this lineup, and I was uh, really pleasantly surprised because our guys practice team came and we said, Coach, we can't guard them. Sorry, we're trying. Like, I, like we're going. We can't guard them. Um, it's fun to tinker. Um, you know, it's all going to come down to who we're playing and who can guard who. The offense can look great against whomever, but it's going to come down to who we can guard. So, I, I don't know. I think we're going to have some tremendous conversations as a coaching staff on what we think. Uh, we rely on analytics of lineup efficiencies like we always have, but then trust in your gut at the end of the day. So, um, I think the kids are having fun with it. I could be dead wrong. But, again, talking about I go back and watch the interviews that you all do with them. They're not faking those. If they didn't feel that way, they wouldn't say that. You know, and I think everybody kind of feels that way. There's, there's not any individual pressure on. Hey, I got to go out there and get 25. People used to give Dungey a hard time, but I said that's a hard job. Do you really want that job? Do you want that job of saying I got to go out there and get 22 to 25 a night for us to have a chance, or 40? You know, some <laughs> nights. I think our kids have really enjoyed taking what the defense gives you, finding the hot hand, and yeah, certainly throw Jenna in there because again, she went over and led us in scoring and rebounding on that foreign trip with about equal minutes. She played a few more minutes than a few others. but um, And you talk about the guards, too. You know, we haven't talked about Keats. She's got a little bit of an ankle injury right now. She'll be back. But you throw her in there, and we've got four four kind of guards at that same spot as well. You know, you put Max, Sam, uh, Talia, and Keats out there, and you got four that are all kind of somewhat interchangeable. They can play multiple positions. They can all handle it. Um, you know, some of them have more experience, but – Sometimes that naivety that Talia and Carly play with, it can be a benefit. So it's fun right now. Now we've got to put, got to put them into a puzzle. Uh, it's the most pieces we've ever had. The most pieces I've ever had to try to fit in and do exactly what you said in this 
day and age of how many minutes is the right number of minutes uh, that they've earned and that they're kind of feeling gives them value. Uh, not that I would ever make a decision based on what they, they want. Uh, I hope they earn them. Uh, but, yeah, we've got to be aware of all that stuff that uh, everybody feels the role is valuable uh, in whatever minutes that they are going to play. Last question. I know you said that you kicked off this summer. Um, whenever y'all had those 10 practices leading up to going overseas, y'all kicked it off at your house, and you told your returners to sit in the same spot they yeah. were whenever you know they were for the selection show. I know that was a disappointing just feeling. Um, you know, And you said that you think that they've learned the lesson of one possession or one foul here or one – anything one rebound one whatever yeah yeah just what do you think as far as like you know those returners that you have um you know maybe that experience last year it was I know it was I mean just seemed like it was a really tough stretch the team went through and it it had to be one that has grown them in some extent well when you raise the level of expectation you have to be willing to accept it that's what we did you know consistency it's not rewarded in twenty in the twenty twenties anymore. You can't be consistent. You have to be at the top, and they've sensed that. Um, and when we didn't go to the NCAA tournament because of what we put on it, we were really able to go back and be very together, not letting anybody else. But we did it. Look at this possession. What could we have done? And and, and you can all count the games. I don't. I mean, it's the Ole Miss game we lost by three in overtime. We lost Alabama by three. We lost at LSU by three. Uh, we lost to Vandy the one time by three, um, and I'm leaving one out. I'm South not, Florida. South, well, South Florida was by one, yeah. but there was another conference game. There was another league game that we lost by three that if those, if any single one of those games go, yeah. we're in the tournament. We get eight wins, and you're, you're in the tournament. Who knows what happens then? So because in practice, on our trip, I can count on – I can count at least ten times – in which something has happened that somebody has said, either let's do that again because that could cost us down the line, or at the end of a drill or at the end of a, a scrimmage, somebody said, we got to get better at that. That could be that one possession, that one rebound, that one foul we made, that you know that one technical foul that happened, or what. We go back and look at all the situations that kept one thing from happening. So I think continuing to talk about it, we, we've used a, a, some analogies about being on a mission to the moon, and, and our kids keep checking in with that. And, and I'm, not, I'm not stoking that. They're doing it. It's not coaches in there going, hey, don't forget to refer back. to. They're doing it all on their own. So the sting was real. Um, my job has been to make sure our kids understand their value. Um, I, I fed them a number the other day, and – I, I do it with everybody. There's, there's only two SEC teams that have finished in the top 50 of the net the last four years. Only two. And we're one of them. And South Carolina's the other. And you can win, a, you can win every bar bet between here and uh, every school in the SEC. I don't think people would have picked us in South Carolina to that be the case. Now, we know consistency is not what people reward anymore. So we want to get back to the NCAA tournament. We know what it takes to do that. We scheduled non-conference-wise to test us. Uh, you know, I think last year our kids had, you know, we started out 13-0. and 0. Um, I didn't think we would. I told you all that. I told everybody that would listen. I didn't think we would be 13-0. and 0. I didn't plan on us going down and winning three in the Virgin Islands. I didn't plan on going to Creighton and, and beating Creighton. I mean, you don't count those as wins. But when you start that way, it's hard. Then your first loss is a one-point game to South Florida. And then you lose, blow a late lead to Oregon. 
then you turn around and guess who you played first round, you know, you get LSU right off the bat. Well, you know, that's when things start to snowball. And I'll use football right now, what they're going through. We had the at South Carolina at LSU, which is as hard as you can get on the road. It doesn't matter who you play when you come back. We lose a three-point game to Alabama. So talking about the past, I think, helps our kids focus on the future. Uh, now, we've let it go. I've said from now on, once we start Sunday, when we start scrimmaging, all we're doing is focused on this, the future. We're not going back to the past. But you kind of have to know where you've been before you know where you're going. Somebody said that that's a lot smarter than I am. So we've got to try to keep that going. Um, and, and I think having our kids having gone through it, uh, I think it's going to help us when adversity hits this year, and it will. I mean, we've got top three teams. We have I don't know, four or five non-conference games against teams that are in the tournament. And then the top 25, I saw Illinois got ranked. I saw Florida State got ranked. I know LSU. Uh, you know, when we scheduled that game, Charisma Osborne was supposed to be going to the WNBA, and Lauren Betts still played at Stanford. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I'm close friends with Corey Close, and I called her. I said, well, we scheduled that game. It was a different team you had, but we'll still play. So. I'm looking forward to it. This is going to be a fun group to go through it with. Um, we're going to have lots of tests, lots of challenges, but I do think our past has helped us prepare uh, for what we got ahead. Great. Thanks yeah. so much, Mike. Of course. You bet. I want to thank Mike Neighbors again for taking the time to do that yesterday. Uh, it was my first SEC basketball media day, and Man, let me tell you, that thing is a well-oiled machine. It's the coaches and the athletes are just going from station to station to station, talking from people to other people to new people. It's just not ending for about an hour and a half. And uh, for him to take the time, they got there a little bit early, and for him to take the time to sit down and talk with me for that long before he started talking to everybody else just was uh, really kind of him. want to thank him again for doing that. Uh, excited to cover them. We're three weeks out, under three weeks out from their season starting, so that's I mean, it'll be here right before we know it. Um, but like we always do on this show before we close it, I want to highlight a game changer of the week. Um, if you've tuned in to this point, you know that I just give this to somebody who is doing something that makes them a game changer. Um, that could be what they're doing in their sport, something they're doing outside their sport, um, just in the community or the classroom. If you know of anybody doing anything, feel free to hit up my email inbox. You can find it on wholehogsports.com. Um, on any of my stories, there's an email button. So I would love to... If you know of anything that somebody's doing, you know, in the community or something, just really want to highlight those efforts that um, these great student athletes are doing. But this week, I want to give this award, keeping it with women's basketball, just to Michaela Daniels, their senior point guard. I can't really call her a senior, your graduate point guard. Uh, She's there for a fifth year this year. And she just has such an appreciation for this final year of her her college eligibility. It was just pretty evident yesterday at Media Day, just kind of the smile on her face and how she was treating uh, just media members from all around I mean it was she was one of the ones that just kind of lit up the room just with a smile on her face and you can just tell she knows that this is kind of her final hoorah so she's trying to kind of savor the moment and enjoy it um Michaela Daniels is really important to the team this year just with that leadership she has um and it's it's evident she's said it multiple times like she just wants to win this year she doesn't really care about accolades I mean I thought she probably should have been in a uh, preseason at least second team honoree if you see some of the names on that list I think Michaela Daniels is probably more deserving than quite a few there's a couple that were injured last year that <laughs> landed on the list didn't even haven't even played in a year so um but it's you see her she doesn't even care at this point she, she doesn't care about individual accolades she's just wanting to win um she made it evident yesterday at media day how she thinks that winning is fun uh <laughs> 
that's what will bring the most joy to her this season is just seeing the team have some success. Uh, she's been a mainstay for the Razorbacks since she got there uh, for that 2019-2020 season. She's played with, it's just kind of crazy now if you look back at the greats that she's played with. She's played with Alexis Tolfrey, Chelsea Dungy. Um, she's played with Destiny Slocum. She's played with Amber Ramirez. She has played with just a handful of great players, and it's just to have her on this team is invaluable for Mike Neighbors and the team. So Michaela Daniels, that is our game changer of the week. Um, like I said, if you have any suggestions for this, please email me. I would love to hear, um, you know, if you know of anything that I'm not hearing. But once again, thanks again for uh, tuning in to this episode of the Game Changers podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Westerman, and I'll see you again at this time next Friday. The proceeding has been a production of the Hog Sports Network. Look for our daily podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. For more Razorbacks coverage, go to wholehogsports.com or follow the Hog Sports Network reporters on social media.